Is your marriage getting worse instead of better? Has there been talk of separation, or is either spouse considering divorce? If any of these apply, then Love Reboot is your answer. Come join the hundreds of couples who were once in despair and headed for divorce, but are now experiencing a thriving, growing relationship after attending a Love Reboot weekend. Visit us at growinglovenetwork.org for more information on an upcoming Love Reboot workshop. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewire, where we talk about what's wrong and what's right with marriage and relationships in our world today. This episode is titled, Marriage Help That Makes Things Worse, and our guest is Dave Galbraith. Have you ever had the experience where you've read a book about marriage or taken a marriage course or gone to a marriage seminar or heard some marriage guru speak about marriages or even gone to marriage counseling or therapy and you learned some good things you were interested it seemed like it was going to be helpful and you were hopeful that you were going to be able to go back and this was somehow going to make a big difference in your marriage but sometime later things are actually worse than before you did any of those things we found this phenomenon to be very common, and that's why I'm excited about this episode as we talk with Dave Galbraith about why this is and what we can do about it. All right, well, I'm John Anderson. I'm sitting here with a brother and good friend that's become a good friend over the last few years, Dave Galbraith. And Dave Galbraith is the founder, the president of Breakthrough Moments, and um uh, we are we got some exciting things to talk about, some interesting things. We David's just got such a uh, perceptive mind. Uh, he, he what really has drawn me to him over the last few years is just seeing the depth of how he looks at uh, relationships, at marriages in particular, but just relationships in general, and how he sees everything as relational, and that infuses everything that he does, and so. Uh, we're going to pick his mind a bit today and um, have some conversation about some things that uh, we're seeing. But let me ask you a little bit. So breakthrough moments. Tell us what that is that you do, Dave. Thanks, John, for letting me be a part of this. You are a brother, and I feel like we're like-minded in so many ways. I learn from you all the time. So so thanks. <laughs> I learn uh, from you. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a great uh, brotherhood. And uh, I do know one thing. We... Uh, we tend to operate in the same areas of folks often who are struggling and and uh, up against the wall in, in some areas. And so uh, uh, it's not easy turf, and yet it's it's where we see some of God's greatest work. Yes. Right? It takes that. And, and so uh, I feel very called to that. I come from a background uh, uh, of business. I used to be in the retail business. I was director of stores for a, a big operation and... and uh, uh, helped, brought me to Texas. Helped, uh, helped take them broke eventually. Uh, that's my claim to fame in the retail world. And 
So, but it, we loved San Antonio, Texas, and we went into business for ourselves for a period of time just so we could stay here and grow our family here. Uh, eventually, uh, God's call in my life uh, uh, allowed me uh, and called me to walk away from my business, and I went into uh, a pastoral role that I uh, had for 12 years around uh, Grace Point Church in San Antonio, and so I had a variety of roles there, but primarily around the area of uh, uh, care ministries and, and uh, spiritual counseling uh, elements that that was there. And so uh, it was through that that, uh, that I began to really uh, have a heart more and more for folks who uh, were up against the wall. I would, I'll use the word crisis just to simply, uh, simply uh, use a word that I think everybody can relate to. Uh, and that is that at some point there has to be somebody, something that intervenes in the lives of people where they just have done everything they know how to do and they don't know what else to do. Where is the help in those moments? And uh, how do you give hope to people in those moments? And so that's my heart as best I can describe it. And so Breakthrough Moments really started initially more as a crisis intervention ministry where I would kind of do that, get your hands dirty, go into some pretty tough situations where people are struggling. It was individuals with everything from uh, uh, faith crisis to uh, uh, addictions in their lives and, and uh, behaviors that were just eating their lunch uh, to uh, relational things, a lot of marriages and things that were, were breaking apart and family. And so uh, throw all of that into the soup and breakthrough moments began to just say, okay, we want to jump into those moments where uh, things feel hopeless. And so at some point I broke away from uh, my role as a pastor and uh, am now leading uh, this ministry. It's a 501c3 nonprofit organization that uh, allows us freedom uh, to, uh, to kind of operate as a ministry. And yet we talk to all kinds of folks uh, uh, we don't have to be uh, religious folks to to take advantage of breakthrough moments. It's for anybody who's uh, hurting and needs help. And you've you've taken on some pretty big um, uh, contracts here with what you do. So you've gotten to be fairly well known for what you do. You tell us that you're working with a couple of uh, organizations right yeah. now. Right. C12. Right. C12 is a is a, a great affiliation. I love I love them. They're a national, in fact, international now. A group who is relocating their their headquarters to San Antonio from the East Coast uh, under the leadership of Mike Shero as their CEO. Uh, Mike happens to be on my my board, and so we have a great friendship already. And but it's it's a chance for me to to uh, really work with uh, Christian leaders, primarily business leaders, owners, CEOs senior level management people who want their work to be more than work. They who really are keen something. Yeah, it's, it really is. That's yeah. what it is. It's something that matters more than this. And so they're, they're dedicated to being a part of an organization that can help make that happen. And yet, like all of us, they have, there's things that hinder that, things that get in the way of that. Where How do I do that better mm-hmm. as an individual, uh, as, a, as a group? And so it's a great treat for me to work with, with people like that. And, and uh, that's, that's a great affiliation. And, and then actually I'm officing on the campus of one of those C12 companies, Health by Design, which is this amazing cutting-edge wellness clinic that's doing some things that are not 
being done hardly any place else just just really excited and these people love God and are trying to uh, make a difference in more than just the physical health of people and so uh, seeing that that's just a snapshot of what I'm seeing all around now of, of businesses and organizations that are doing that's that. exciting stuff yeah. well yes and so that's uh I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to get to tap into a little bit of the expertise that they're tapping into why they've sought you out. Well, um, you know, Dave Galbraith and I met through um, an organization called the San Antonio Marriage Initiative, which is people who have come together in the last five or six years and said, we want to do more collectively, um, you know, people who are doing things for marriages already, uh, marriage ministries, counselors, therapists, uh, it's just pretty much anybody who's right. interested in, in helping with marriages. And, and we, you know, the, this whole wave of collaboration, which uh, is sweeping in almost every area yes. of, of, of well, anything you can think of, uh, we said, well, we need to see how we can collaborate. And we just learned a lot from each other. Right. But uh, I've gotten to know some things about Dave that I, I want to talk about. And some of them I'm just getting to know. But we are uh, we were having a discussion not too long ago, the two of us, about uh, what we see just uh, in in ways that people are trying to help marriages, counseling mm-hmm. courses, um, seminars that you go to, somebody that's that's speaking, mm-hmm. maybe at a church on marriages on a Friday night, or mm-hmm. that um, uh, there's some a lot of good things out there. So we don't want to. Uh, I'm going to use the word poo-poo, any of that sure. stuff. But uh, but we see, we were calling it, we, we see a lot of fluff. Mm-hmm. And um, the fluff sometimes, um, not only is it just fluffy, it's maybe like a big fluffy muffin. <laughs> it's not necessarily that good for people. It might be right. causing more damage than than help. But yeah. that's what most people are getting is... is um, is a lot of what we call. So tell me, what, sure. what, what were you thinking when we were calling yeah. this thing fluff? Yeah, it almost sounds elitist, right, for us to, to yes. say that stuff's not, yeah, like not uh, helpful. Uh, there are helpful things. There are people that are really trying to make a difference in marriages. Uh, but, but I think because this the natural inclination of, of our human hearts is to find some fix-it mentality where if I read this book or go to this seminar or whatever that I can find a couple of magic uh, pills to take that will come in and change what I'm going through uh, is the first kind of thing you have to throw a red flag up and say, wait a minute, what is that pushing in me? Uh, Is it it pushing something that's going to produce some kind of transforming, sustainable change that I would take some responsibility for? Or is it just giving me something that really is good to hear yeah. that kind of tickles the ears uh, because we want it to be something that if I do this, then this will be the result. Right. And it seems like that's, I mean, that's you're, you were saying that's kind of hardwired into us as human beings, but yeah. does it seem like that's becoming more and more of the culture yeah. that we're looking for the quick fix? We're looking for the, the, the pill that we can it sell for nineteen ninety nine. Yes, it, it does. It, it sell. sells... Uh, literally, mm-hmm. but it also sells to the things that we want as, don't we just want it to be something that's relatively easy? And if I do a couple of things a little bit better or work a little harder, that this has happened. But it tends to stop at that 
very surface level and not deal with what ultimately has to be dealt with for all of us if we're going to if we're going to transform and that's our own hearts yes and so i i know these folks who are writing these books and doing these seminars and preaching these sermons that's their heart yes. but i think we have a tendency to uh to buy into what would be easiest for people to um to grab a hold of i i think it's a it becomes a doing versus being kinds of kind of a, a dilemma Ultimately, what changes any of us in our personal lives and our marriages is something that's happening internally inside, and it begins to overflow in us. And as it overflows in us, it has the potential to actually change my world, my marriage, my life. Uh, our world tends to be kind of more outside in, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so give me something that I can do, and I want to do that as best as I can. And, and statistics say, and just the reality as we look around says that that doesn't produce a lot of change. Right. And it certainly isn't sustainable. So, um, you know, some people may be listening to this and going, those guys seem to know what each other's talking about. But, you know, they talked about this. what in the world. Can you give an example of like what's a fix it, a quick fix kind of sure method out there? Uh, yeah. Um, I was actually, I got an email today uh, from a couple. I'd met with them one time, and uh, uh, he decided it would be helpful for me as their, uh, as I'm consulting them to tell me what is clear to him about what their problems are and what I need to help them overcome and uh, that they're looking for some how-tos on that. Mm. Well, it immediately... Hit my. I was just so. I was almost sad as I read that because this guy was putting so much pressure on himself and ultimately on the process to um, come up with a plan. Some three easy steps. Yeah. Give me some steps now. I. In fact, I'm not even going to ask you to help us figure out what the heart issues here, Dave. I'm. We've got that figured out. Let me just tell you what they are. Mm -hmm. So just tell us how to overcome these things. That's a couple that I will be very, it will be very difficult for me to help because they have entrenched themselves in what I think is an easy place of fix it mentality. And the expectations that come with that toward myself, but usually toward somebody else, right? Right. If it's marriage related and you're trying to, uh, you have expectations, it's typically not for yourself. It's about if my husband will get that right, stop doing, start doing. Uh, or, or whatever we got a shot at making it, but it's very conditional in the in the way they look at it. Right. So that's uh, why um, what we do is even more so. Uh, it's just hard to deal with this because we're not just dealing with uh, somebody who says, you know, help me reach my business goals or my health goals or something like that. They're saying help my relationship. Right. And. Uh, the relationship is not really a thing. A yeah. person is a thing, but a relationship is not something. You know, you know I, I sometimes sitting with couples and and that they, they you know help us with our relationship, and I'll say, well, I can't I can't really help you with your relationship because yeah. the relationship is something abstract between the two of you. Yeah. And uh, so I can't say, okay, you t- guys go home, I'll and leave your relationship here, and I'll work on your relationship. <laughs> What we're doing is we're working with individuals, but now it's in the context of a relationship, which is uh, what you're saying, I think, is is they're coming hoping that, thinking, well, if the other person 
will do this differently, right. then we'll have a better relationship. And so these fix-it things kind of become, um, they're just raising the bar of expectation for the mm-hmm. other person. And with that raising of the bar actually comes more pressure. Right. So these folks are under a high degree of pressure. Something needs to change. I'm, I'm sick of how this is going for me or for us. And so they're already uh, filling up against the wall. And now you add this, this other dilemma uh, of, of need to, to figure it out and fix it. That doesn't take away from the pressure. It actually puts new, um, new conditions, if you will. Uh, some of it's very unconscious. Right. Some of it, you know, I don't sit and make my list, but my lists are planted in my heart. Uh, they come out of disappointments and hurts. And things that are real that you can't deny. And so I've got my lists. Some of them I've written. Some of them are just in me. Right. Right. And so I think we, we don't know the power of that. But what that does is, is put undue pressure. And what, what I think the word that I most often think about is what am I depending on or who am I depending on to do something or be something that would actually change this? And usually it's in somebody who has already proven that they have limited capacity as a, just a human being. We're all human, right? To do some of the things that I have a high expectation that they need to do. So so even if somebody came to us with the heart of, I know there's things that I need to, not, not just the heart of trying to get their spouse fixed, which is a big problem in itself. But even if they came with a humble heart of, I know I need to change, and we give them a list of behavior modification yeah. tools and techniques. Um, uh, let's say, uh, let's say, okay, uh, a guy comes, he says, I, I, I get angry, explosively angry with my spouse and it mm-hmm. happens a lot. And mm-hmm. I want some help with that. And they're looking for some steps. Okay. Every day, mm-hmm. um, uh, say I will not be angry three times and every day, mm-hmm. uh, write down 10 things that are, uh, that you can be joyful about and every day tell your spouse five things that uh, you like mm-hmm. about her. Um, we're still not really getting to the core is what you're saying. Right. Somewhere at a level, when you peel that onion back one more, one more level, uh, there are reasons of the heart that cause anger to be a natural manifestation of how I'm feeling in the moment. Mm-hmm. And because I live with you or I'm married with you, you get you get the brunt of that. Mm-hmm. It actually has a little to do with you. You've done a good job of triggering it or putting something on, but there's something within me. And until I can find a way to begin to, to safely put that on the table, ask the question, uh, maybe be willing to even look at some things that I've not been willing to look at before myself, I have no capacity to change it. All I can do is just try a little harder not to be angry. Mm-hmm. And all of us can do that for a while. Right. Until one day we reach down and there's nothing left in the bucket, right? And so right. I couldn't do it anymore. I ran out of steam. And or you just had a really hard day. and yeah. That's all it took. And, mm-hmm. and so that's the, the world that we all live in mm-hmm. where if it's up to us, um, it's going to be an up and down roller coaster experience. And, uh, and we're going to mess up. And sometimes our relationships are on the line. Uh, we've messed up one too many times, or we feel like that, and yeah. and that's where the pressure really, really comes. So, uh, so many of the approaches 
Well, I'll, I'll just pull one out of the bag. A, a, let's say a, a marriage course. Yeah. And it can have a lot of really good tools in it. Here's here's some ways to communicate. Um, here's ways not to communicate and positive ways to communicate. Sure. It can give you um, a lot of great uh, things to to do, practices to do that'll make uh, bring some joy back in your marriage, bring some sure. excitement back, and um, finding some common things that you like to do and and all of that. And so that's that's kind of the common marriage course or seminar type approach uh, is to provide these fix-it things or these positive behavior things. So what's wrong with that? Well, uh, I think fix-it is, is threaded through every thing that you just said there. So that's the first thing that I would just say. That has no long-term sustainable capacity to change the things that must change as an individual. Which is, you're saying, is the heart. Which is the heart. Uh, I was doing a little bit of writing, and I define behavior modification, I say it this way. Behavior modification is a man-made attempt that depends on the impossible. To produce sustainable, real change in my own strength and way without God changing the only thing that can actually transform me my own heart. Okay, so when you say impossible, why, why is it impossible? I think I think I think we look around us and we see good-meaning, well-intended, good folks out there who are attempting to do better things in their lives, and yet, at the soul level, uh, when when they're really trying to experience, how do I be, have a more intimate, close relationship, for example, in my in my marriage? Uh, I have done the best things I can do. Mm-hmm. And why isn't that drawing similar kinds of doing from another person who says they love me, who says they trust me? The reality is that's what that's the human experience. And, and so I'm dependent that if I do this, well, you'll do that. And so there's this conditionality begins to, to take hold. And then it really just becomes about we're not human beings anymore. We become human doings who have a agenda, if you will, usually unconscious of what I expect. You know, I realize that if I treat you this way, say these things to you, try a little bit harder, here's what's in it for me. Here's how you'll respond. So So even if I do improve vastly on all these areas, one of the things that it does is it sets me up in my mind now, then you should be doing better too. You should be, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's a big part of it. And, And so this idea of, of always waiting. You know, we, we have this big giant scoreboard in our hearts, that's what I believe. Yes. And I don't think we're conscious most of the time, but we really know whether we're ahead or behind on the scoreboard mm-hmm. based on how things are going lately. Hey, he's doesn't seem to be all that sensitive to my needs lately, or I couldn't believe that he said that to me the other day, or, or you know what, I haven't heard a word of appreciation from her. And so things about the day-to-day life, but they suddenly start mounting up. And next thing you know, you look at the scoreboard and you say, I'm behind. And that pushes all kinds of conditional buttons. I mean, I think I'm going to pull back a little bit. I'm going to be a little more careful. I'm going to let her or him catch up. And so the very things that we need to be doing <laughs> that would be most helpful in our marriage are the things that we now, for our own reasons, don't do or, or are careful to do because it's not in my interests mm-hmm. to do them. Mm-hmm. 
we're selfish to the core, John. I mean, you, really, <laughs> yes. you and I today are going to think about ourselves more than anything else. Oh, yes. It's crazy. Only at, not probably more than 99% of the time. <laughs> Whatever that number is, it is, <laughs> it is high. Yes. And, and so I think it's particularly, you know, one, one of the things that I think is just true of us in general, whether it's individually we're struggling in something or we know our marriage is, is struggling, there is a absorption that begins to take over uh, of, uh, that controlling us, uh, I, I would call it a, so we, this idea of thinking about ourselves more or what could possibly need to happen in my marriage. Uh, I think about it when I wake up. I think about it when I go to bed. I dream about it when I'm asleep. It can take over a life. And so this idea of pressure, I believe, is very real and very strong in, in people. And because of that, it, it tends to reveal and uh, expose, if you will, some of the things in us that are not healthy. Uh, and and that put a greater dependence on somebody or something than what it should. This is set up, quite frankly, for big bigger disappointments. Yes. So, so people that are in those fix-it worlds out there, and they walk away and say, wait, am I doing the things you told me to do? Why aren't I feeling the satisfaction in my heart and my soul? Well, it's because they don't have the capacity to do what most uh, is necessary for you as a person. Um, and, and so that's what we try to eventually allow life to kind of show us and, and be honest about those things and help people to say, okay, so if that isn't it, <laughs> what is? I, I'm imagining there's some people out there, maybe even some counselors and therapists that are, uh, if they hear this, they're going, wait a second, behavior modification you're saying is a bad thing and uh, we need to sometimes modify behaviors I, what what do you say to that i think it's always the 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 engine and the caboose situation behavior modification must be occurring in us all the time mm-hmm. change and, and getting better and loving better uh and and so but where does that come from so, uh, so i would we're, just we're making that the engine instead of it's the, the engine so, so you could talk about it at a spiritual level. How do I earn my way to God? But, but if you think about it in a more practical way, uh, just, just say, I, everything I'm doing about this is designed to make me a better person. Mm. Right. And so, uh, whatever that means and what, however you're defining that term, uh, that's kind of the, the goal and, and the result. So that's what drives it. Mm. Right. And so, uh, my experience is, is that those, uh, have, uh, limited capacity to sustain themselves in our own personal lives yes. and in the lives of our marriages. Yeah, I, I, oh, I can't agree with you more. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so one of the things you're saying, I think we both strongly agree, is that so much out there is focused on making change the engine yeah. instead of the caboose. Yeah. The change happening as a result of change of heart not change of mm-hmm. so that the we, we got to work on the heart first to get the behavior to be different um what else do you see if anything that's that's uh that's not quite hitting the mark in the way that we approach that is typically approaching helping marriages you, you were talking earlier about uh, folks who have a I, i'm here talking to you today john or day because i, I want to work on my marriage uh, the word that is difficult there uh, is the word on. 
The minute it becomes on, it it has to do with something that I'm going to do. So, so I like to stop right there quickly with folks and say, what, what does that mean to you? And then oftentimes they'll already have it worked out as to what they think that is. Kind of like that guy who wrote the email who said, yeah, here's pretty much our deal. And, and I know it. Well, he probably doesn't, but he's pretty convinced he does. And so he's trying to help me so that I can help them work on their marriage. And I'm going to be coming back to him and saying, no, something has to be working in you. The one letter changes everything. Mm. That nothing substantially will, will, will occur until something happens in you. Do you buy that as a possibility? And people would typically shake their head yes, because they kind of want to be responsible about this. They're not trying to be, trying to be irresponsible. But at the end of the day, no, 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 that's not what I want to hear from, from you. I need, I need some stuff. So I a use met, that as an example. that's come into mind, yeah. and, and it's, you know, the, the old cliche sports movie of the, of the kid who mm-hmm. comes to the, the expert or the coach or whatever yeah. and, Help me become a better receiver. You yes. know, I, I'm thinking of Karate Kid. Oh yeah, you know, and lots he, of life lessons in that. Movie. Yes, but you know, where he he's he wants to learn how to fight and and, yeah. and keep this bully from messing up his life, and and he has him out there waxing cars and and yeah. painting fences because it's. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a shallow uh, analogy, but uh, it's like what you're saying is people come to come to us. Um, thinking they know what they need mm. and uh, we have to kind of break them down because um, now people aren't going to want to come to us because they don't, we don't <laughs> want to be broken down. Yeah. So how do you get around that? Uh, uh, well, it, it, let's just say I'm coming to you asking for help with my marriage and, and I, but I also kind of know you're known as the guy that's going to break me down and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm resistant to that. Sure. Um, there are, and I have some tools and, and, uh, that, that help people, uh, introspectively begin to say, what is my reality mm-hmm. that are typically places we don't go, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, either I've already got it fixed or I, I've kind of set some protective mechanisms in me that says I'll only go so far. So if you start talking about this or this, uh, Yes, I'm gonna. I am gonna resist you because it's not about this. I've already told you what it's about. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's that's a fairly intense conversation. Yes, uh, that people don't want to go, and it's a very personal conversation because what happens if somebody John looks at you or I and and says um, it's, it's unsatisfactory? Your answer is unsatisfactory. Mm-hmm. It will not help you solve anything. That's a hard thing to hear from someone. What do you know about me? You don't know me. You don't know what I've gone through. Uh, and, and they have every right to uh, to say that and feel that way. So our job is, first of all, to earn our way in. One of the biggest problems, quite frankly, that I have with uh, counselors in general, me, <laughs> is that our tendency is, is to back off one level. And, in fact, some of us are even taught in as we're being trained uh, to be careful about sharing your own story, about showing your own vulnerabilities. You're here to to create uh, a truth mechanism and, and speak into what you know to be uh, be right into a person. That's true, and yet 
if they don't believe you can understand what they're going through. Right. At some level. One of the reasons why I'm a counselor, I was a broken guy. Mm-hmm. And still am on days. Yes. I, I understand that. That God's still doing a lot of work in me, and I'm grateful for it. But a lot of it came through pain and brokenness. And sometimes I'm looking at somebody, and I just need to know, hey, I know exactly what that felt like. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're thinking right now. Yeah. And and I think, so there's got to be some, some ways to connect with people first. Right. That allow them to know, hey, we're all in this together, and I'm, there's not, I'm not some elite voice that uh, is is speaking into you but i i know what that feels like yeah so for the the person out there listening who is working with people who are, who have people coming to them for help with their marriage yeah uh it's imperative that we uh, connect um first on helping them feel understood yeah, that's a great uh, point that they're they are not you, you, i could have written the book that all the other marriage counselors and therapists use as their handbook. Yeah. And and somebody coming to me may know that, but they're still going to want to tell their story and want to know that I understand their story before they're going to... We don't choose, we don't choose our doctor or our plumber or our CPA based on how they graduated or their, their licensing scores. We, we choose them based on once we've spent time with them do we feel like they get our situation? Oh, man, that's that's well said. And that's a deal breaker at, at a lot of levels uh, for people that are already at some level of pain anyway, right? And so there's there's apprehensions and mistrust. Yes. And and being very careful. And, and, and they ought to be. Yeah. They ought to be. So so how do you how do you break through that? And so it's a relationship basis. I think it's something that God helps us do as we just begin to say, hey, we're all we're all people, we're all in this together and and yet, you, you have to ultimately trust somebody uh, that that they can take you to a place that's going to be necessary for you. Yes. And, and uh, but that doesn't come easy in our world. No, no. And it, well, sure. and it sounds like the other side of that, what you're saying. So for the person who's seeking help, who may be listening, it sounds like you're also saying you've got you've got to set yourself up to some extent with the idea that. I there are I don't have a real clue as to what I need because yeah. the the things that I have been trying or the things that I think that that are the issue that I've been working on are not working. So you've got to come yeah. with the uh, some sense of I'm going to have to have my whole paradigm shattered before I'm going to have That's a great word, progress. I actually uh, uh, in, in a process where I use five words that begin. Uh, with the two letters R E, and there's a million words if you just start get open up your dictionary uh, <laughs> that begin with that. But um, <laughs> that's a that's a game that we like to play when we're hiking. Me and my kids yeah. and nephews is is uh, we'll each try to come up with a different word that starts with R E or D E or something. okay, good, so, yeah, little well, okay. <laughs> great minds going the same direction. I, but but. So somebody who's at least recognized there's one word mm-hmm. that I got a problem. It's beginning to eat my lunch. I need to do something about it, even if it's just my wife wants me to do something about it. There, there's some level of acceptance, but this is a little bit bigger than me. I've tried some things, and it's still here. So you get to a point, but that doesn't change anything. You can read the best book at that point. Information is sometimes one of our, our enemies. Yes. So we can, we can know it all, but it has somehow not penetrated to something that will call us to action 
or cause us to peel an onion back. What does that? Well, this second idea is that you have to recognize it to the point where I reject it. I'm sick of it. I'm wow. tired of it. Uh, the word sorry comes to mind. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. So whether it's what somebody's doing to me and I'm the consequence of others' behavior or whether if I was really honest say, you know what, I'm not getting this right and it's now taking a toll on me, on my marriage, on my job, whatever it is. And I wake up in the morning sorry. Um, uh, guilt, uh, shame, just things of... Uh, of the human spirit that begins to take over. And so what do I do? Well, you'd think that sorry would be enough. <laughs> but even sorry doesn't cut it. Right. What, what's the next step that has to happen? And that's where it gets really interesting. So helping people determine where they're at and what their emotional capacity is to express how I'm feeling about this. You used the word shattered a minute ago. In my life, two of the three biggest turning point moments in my life had crisis written all over them, shattering experiences that that I look back on now and say had to happen because I was not prepared to do what I had to do until I came to a point of, I'll use the word, brokenness. Mm-hmm. This is bigger than me, and I am sick of it, and I refuse to live in sorry anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there, you're there right. There are people that say um, that... That's the only way change is going to happen to get so broken that you're just that you can't live with it anymore. I believe that's actually true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you were just to, if you're opening your Bible and you were to say, you know, talking about life, it's it, page after page. It says this stuff that you think is bad, this stuff that you think is is something you should avoid at all costs, is actually the stuff that not just has to happen; it needs to happen because it brings it puts us in a position of doing something in our life <laughs> that we're not inclined to do. I got this. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. And, and so I, I I think life tends to prove that out, John. And and so if we're if things are going well right now, you could argue the case, I would argue the case that uh you're most susceptible right to uh the potential to hide from the very things inside of you yeah. that uh, you're not inclined to peel back. And so you're, even though it's feeling good right now, the the other shoe's about to fall. Yeah, yeah, it's about to fall. Uh, if so, it hasn't happened, it's going to happen. I, I think that's the good news. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually the good news. I don't want to sound uh, facetious here, but but at the end of the day, my life and the lives of countless people are people that are willing to say, "Man, it, it took that." But when that happened, and I got to the end of myself. Mm-hmm. I was able to begin to put some things on the table that I had never been willing to do before. And when that happened and my heart got in the game, change began to occur. And when change begins to occur, the natural overflow of that, back to the engine and caboose, just begins to affect my life and those that are in it, marriages. And so it always has to come in that order. Right. You know, uh, I just met with a guy the other day who's he and his wife have been separated kind of at the beginning by her choosing because he just wasn't for lack of a better term manning up yeah i hear you had, they had children he was a great provider mm-hmm. as far as 
paying the bills and bring home the bacon. Um, uh, but it's, they've been separated now six years. And he said, you know, I, I like my life of being able to call my own shots. They still, they go on a date every week. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. They still go out on a date yeah. and he spends a little time with the kids. Um, but she pretty much raises them and he lives as a bachelor um, with the fringe benefits of still getting to have with some quasi family mm-hmm. and and having a wife and getting to go out and go on a date and, and have a relational time each week. Um, but he was trying to convince me that he liked his life. Mm-hmm. But he actually, they came to one of our workshops and and uh, he was, you know, you could tell from the big, from day one, he, uh, at the very beginning, he was like, I, this ain't, you know, I'm here just so I can say I try, but this ain't going to help me at all. Mm-hmm. So, but then a week later, can I come see you? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I asked him, okay, what are you here for if you like your life? What are you here for? And it's, uh, it sounds like, you know, he was at that place where, He's really, he's, he's, I'm sorry, I'm sick of it, but I'm not sick enough to do anything about it. Can you just, can you give me a pill that'll help me feel a little bit better about the life I've chosen? Um, And there was something in his mind that knew I wasn't going to give him that pill, but he was kind of maybe hoping I might be able to tell him, yeah, go ahead and keep living that life. It sounds great, (laughs) which is... It, which is, in, in essence, what I told him. Hey, if you're good with this life, keep living it. But that's not why you're here. So, well, um, <laughs> I, we we're planning to do. I'm. I, we're going to record another episode. Um, we run out of time, yeah. and and I, there's so much more to delve into here. But I want uh, the listeners to know we're gonna we're gonna come back and and look at this from another angle here in a moment. But uh, how how can uh, somebody get in touch with you if they want to know more about what you do? They want to sure. uh, tap into your services. Thanks, John. Uh, uh, I have a website, uh, breakthroughmoments.org. Okay. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna get a pretty good feel for uh, who I am and some of the things that I that I do, both within the world of, of uh, just consulting and counseling. With, with individuals, but also some of the other business elements that I, I love doing. And so I think they'll get a good flavor there. There's a good contact information and a chance for them just to say, hey, here's kind of why I'd like to talk to you. They can they can detail that little or much uh, on the website. And so I would encourage them to, to go there. Okay, so that's breakthroughmoments.org. That's correct. And in case people want to flood you with texts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a whole lot, Dave. This has thanks, been this John. has been great, man. I just I get so much every time I sit down and talk with you. So I catch you. I feel the same, man. You're a, you're a great uh, teacher in my life. Relationship Rewire is produced by Growing Love Network. Growing Love Network exists to revolutionize our culture for lifelong love. You can find us on the web at growinglovenetwork.org. We welcome your feedback on this and any of our podcasts. Drop us an email at relationshiprewire at gmail.com. That's relationshiprewire at gmail.com.
Is your church or organization looking for a course that doesn't just provide information, but actually transforms marriages and relationships? Then visit us at growinglovenetwork.org to see how our Growing Love course can work for you. Growing Love has been chosen by the state of Texas as a Together in Texas course, and it's also recommended for engaged couples.